Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How is everyone doing tonight? I hope everyone is doing well on this, uh, what is this? Wednesday, May the 4th, 2022. Good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome, 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 welcome one and all to another edition of The Sea Report. I am your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Cossidis, and it's great to be here with you guys tonight. And I uh, hope you guys are looking forward to a fun and informative show. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, first off, just want to apologize for uh, being in uh, in absentia the last, uh, what, two days of this week? Man, we are starting off May in, uh, in a tardy way. No, but uh, I do apologize, guys, in case you guys were wondering where I was or what was going on. Oh, well, let's just say life finds a way. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm just kidding. That's a terrible thing to say. Uh, no, you know, uh, well, you know, I, I'll just let you guys know we may be doing some, or I may be doing some uh, intermittent broadcasting uh, moving forward, but uh, I will strive to be on Monday through Friday as per the usual, guys. Otherwise, you know, just check that schedule and, uh, well, what schedule? Well, you know, we do scheduling like on Rumble, you know, on Foxhole, uh, specifically Pill.net. Um, and, uh, well, you know, we will, uh, I will post the show. Um, I'll, I'll try and give you guys enough time, enough of a heads up. I'd let you know when I'm popping in or popping out over here at the Sea Report. But nonetheless, it's great to be here on this marvelous May 4th, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I hope you guys are, again, looking forward to a good show. We got a lot of stuff to cover. A lot of stuff's been going on the last few days, of course. Uh, I, I would say, um, obviously, the uh, biggest thing happening here would be the release of 2,000 Mules. Uh, that is Dinesh D'Souza and uh, his... Um, no, sound, sounds like a... a Sounds like a, a kitchen in here. Uh, that would be Dinesh D'Souza's um, a most recent documentary working with True the Vote um, in order to expose ballot trafficking in uh, in our states, ladies and gentlemen, in our states. Uh, that's plural, right? Uh, but of course, guys, uh, not to be outdone or outperformed, uh, we got all these other things happening right now, guys. I mean, we got Roe v. Wade, you know, and we won't... Sp I'm obviously not going to spend a lot of time talking about that tonight. Um, I'm sure that'll work itself out on its own, I guess, uh, perhaps by uh, November midterms, you know, uh, they'll figure something out with uh, Roe v. Wade. But very interesting, isn't it, how um, uh, that, uh, that has positioned itself... You know, uh, t I guess to be the number one uh, proponent versus the MAGA crowd. Oh yeah, we got that going on too now, guys. We got uh, we got uh, illegitimate Joe calling the MAGA movement uh, the most dangerous movement, extreme political organization ever in American history. I mean, uh, extreme and dangerous to who, I wonder? Uh, could it possibly be, um, I don't know, illegitimate Joe and his friends, uh, his bosses, his uh, handlers? Could it possibly be to their uh, American history? And of course, uh, we could obviously say that that uh, is probably uh, the case, guys. You know, it's, it's, it's a duality here that we live in 
in these United States of America. Well, these United States of America is not the same as those United States of America. Uh, call them corporate, uh, call them illegitimate, uh, but not organic, ladies and gentlemen. And, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that, um, how would you say that, um, double speak, uh, is very prevalent, ladies and gentlemen. I've always said whenever you have, uh, someone, uh, whether it's from the, uh, department of the deep state to the executive office to, uh, to either side of the aisle in, uh, in, um, in the, the, uh, state houses as well as up in Washington, DC talking about, America, protecting America, never mind national security, right? We're talking about the use of the word America. They're obviously talking about their version of America. Um, they're talking about their own specific um, meaning for what that is to them. And, you know, in part, that's why they can speak so heartfelt, because uh, they're talking about uh, protecting, defending um, and uh, fighting for everything that they have put into uh, where they are now, guys. It's uh, very, uh, very interesting. It's not too hard to uh, wrap one's mind around that, quite honestly. Uh, because obviously there are two versions, right? Two versions of this country. One that is uh, representative of the people, for the people, by the people, of the people. And then, of course... Uh, by those who have uh, basically hijacked what this country um, uh, was meant to be. Um, you know, and they hijack a lot of things, don't they, ladies and gentlemen? They hijack a lot of things. Uh, but yeah, so, well, there you go, guys. That uh, basically is that in a nutshell. You know, uh, we had um, uh, the, uh, the biggest release of, uh, of evidentiary, um, you know, proof ladies and gentlemen, about a fraud occurring in the 2020 election. And it gets, it gets, uh, it gets uh, washed over by uh, uh, a leaked, uh, you know, uh, opinion on Roe versus Wade. Uh, and then also what uh, Dave Chappelle getting hit or attacked during one of his shows over there in Hollywood. So who knows, guys? I mean, call it paranoid, right? But uh, no, you know, uh, th some of these things are just by design. You know, you can you can kind of see these things uh, for face value now. You know, we're so used to uh, the... I just, you know, I was actually pretty surprised about the whole... It, they're going to go with Roe v. Wade. I mean, obviously, aside from stealing the headlines, right? Uh, I guess they're going to use that as their main uh, platform moving into November. Uh, by they, of course, I'm talking about the uh, Democrats, the uh, left-leaning uh, entities, progressives, etc., uh, self-proclaimed socialists, um, self-denying communists, you know, that kind of thing. So, well, I guess we'll see where that goes, guys. It's uh, basically wrapping up the entire um, news legacy media headlines right now. So, uh, and that is, uh, that is that I don't have anything else to say about Roe v. Wade, you know, of course, were it a uh, conversation that we were supposed to have properly, yeah, we could get into it, but, uh, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, you know, uh, we're not gonna spruce up their feathers over there with, uh, the stories that they want us to ramble on about, ladies and gentlemen. Either way, I'm gl glad to have you all with us today um, on this May the 4th. Now, of course, 
who was it? Uh, it was either uh, Skeeter Burke or was it you, Tam Growl? And good evening, Tam Growl, Aurelius Luck. How you guys doing out there tonight? Uh, that was telling me I need to make sure that I do my proper May the 4th reference on May the 4th. Uh, the, may the 4th be with you, right? You know, now I have been caught making some allusions, right? This is more important than Roe v. Wade. May the 4th be with you, right? Way more important than that. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I've been caught making allusions and, uh, and analogies to uh, Star Wars, even though I, I'm a Star Wars fan removed by like, I don't know, over a decade, right? Uh, saw the films when they redid them, right? Back in like, what, the early 2000s? Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, I was, I was a much younger Mr. C back then. And uh, I enjoyed, you know, at the time. Interesting how they got that, you know, Star Wars is kind of the people who revamped this whole redoing thing, right? Well, not revamped. They, they basically created it back in like, you know, early 2000s. But this is, this is about as much as you're going to get out of me today as far as Star Wars, ref, Star Wars reference, references go, guys. I present to you Lord Darth uh, Austin, ladies and gentlemen. Darth Lloyd Austin and his Imperial Force. Right. Well, you know, we Americans, guys, uh, they don't they don't quite serve uh, Darth Lloyd Austin's, uh, you know, uh, schemes. But, uh, well, you know, like I said, there's your May the 4th reference for today. If I could have uh, Jimmy rigged together a photo of Darth Lloyd Austin and uh, Anthony Blinken, whom I refer to as Salacious Blinken. And a a true Star Wars fan would get the reference to Salacious Blinken, right? Salacious Crumb. Anyways, guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I would have done that, right? I would have done a Darth Lloyd Austin and Salacious Blinken photo. I think that would have been fun, you know, putting them together with, uh, I don't know, uh, Zelensky over there. I don't know who Zelensky would be. But anyways, guys, well, there you have it, guys. I hope I hope that satisfies you all. On this 4th of May. Hey, tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo, but you know what that means? Today is not just May the 4th. Today is Cinco de Cuatro, ladies and gentlemen. And for those of you who get that reference, well, there's a special place in my heart for you guys. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into today's report. Uh, we got uh, much ado to talk about and not a whole lot of time to do it. Uh, let's see, what, what is on the agenda for today? Of course, we have several Trump statements. Now, you know, fresh on the heels of the uh, Dinesh D'Souza 2000 Mules um, documentary. And yes, we will be uh, talking about that today. And we'll, we will be talking about the lack of uh, talk that is going into this, um, to be expected into this documentary. Of course, no one's going to really be mentioning it, uh, you know, in the legacy media, right? Nope, nope, nope. Can't expect that at all. Wouldn't expect it. You know, we got Roe v. Wade to talk about instead of, uh, you know, uh, uh, 2,000 mules. Uh, but also, you know, the, uh, the, the big gorilla elephant in the room, ladies and gentlemen, the rancor beast in the room, ladies and gentlemen, um, is also those who are not talking about it. As you might expect, uh, Fox News, faux news, we know, we know here at the Sea Report and to any individuals who uh, um, are part and parcel to the independent alternative media, as they call it, that faux news is just that. It's faux news. 
Uh, we do not, we do not, we do not subscribe to uh, to Fox News or anything uh, that they care to bring to us. You know, the only time that I will pay attention to Fox News is if there is an interview that I would like to highlight or share. But other than that, we ain't going to them for our stories. Good evening, Casual Gigi. How are you doing tonight? Good to see you. Hope that dinner is well and delicious. I'm sure it will be. Uh, so President Trump releases a whole bunch of statements, uh, you know, just jarring into uh, election integrity and election fraud exposure, calling out everyone, you know, it's going to be kind of a theme tonight, you know, uh, who is and who isn't really talking about 2000 mules and, uh, you know, and who is and who isn't, I don't know, maybe involved in trying to take down the country. Could it be collusion? You know, I would like to think so, but uh, I guess that is up for the judges or whomever it is that presides over any of these cases to decide. Uh, we'll be talking Durham today because we need to catch up with Durham, ladies and gentlemen, and all that uh, is going on in that investigation slash soon to be in a courtroom near you, ladies and gentlemen, that should be a fun one. So we'll be talking about that a little bit and, uh, you know, a little bit of odds and ends dealing with our uh, election fraud, uh, uh, mainly focusing on Georgia, right? We'll focus a little bit on Georgia and then uh, we'll wrap up the show with a um, an update on an important trial or at least seemingly uh, uh, it. To some people it was important, not as important as Roe v. Wade and clearly not as important as the Johnny Depp trial, but important updates nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started with statements from President Trump. First up, guys, we have some brand new, brand new Save America rally dates. Mark your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, uh, President Trump will be appearing at a rally near you. First up, we got um, a rally to be held in Casper, Wyoming. The date for this will be May 28th, a Saturday. Ladies and gentlemen, let's just take a look at the statement here. Saturday, May 28th, 2022 at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Now that Mountain Time... That one's a little bugger, you know what I mean? It always, that mountain time always trips me up, right? But, uh, you know, I, I tend to forget it exists. But it does, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it will be uh, <laughs> it will be a featurette here for us at the Sea Report. So that means, uh, what? That's, uh, what, 5 p.m., right? 5 p.m. Central Time? I don't I'm terrible at these things. Anyhow, we'll get together and figure out exactly uh, what time we'll be on the air that day. I feel like, hmm, I feel like I might have an appointment or something to attend that day. But uh, nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, we will uh, let you guys know as soon as we can about that date. Uh, let's see here. Just uh, preliminary information. 1 p.m. We have the pre-program speakers delivering their remarks and, of course, the president takes the stage at 4 p.m. And that again is mountain time. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget it, mountain time. All right, uh, next announcement. It's actually kind of uh, fun. You know, if you guys were wondering about uh, where you can see uh, 2,000 mules, guys, because, you know, they already uh, they already had the... Um, 
they already had the uh, the uh, screenings available. Uh, well, I mean screenings. They had the, the movie theaters, ladies and gentlemen, the movie theaters. Uh, that was already happening, uh, I think, on the 2nd as well as on the 4th. Uh, over 250 um, locations in America. I mean, just about sold out. Uh, you know, I was actually rather surprised that here in my hometown, uh, they were showing the movie. I was surprised that they were showing it in three theaters. Nonetheless, they were all sold out uh, except for one. But um, uh, that theater, as I understand, actually ended up selling out. So, uh, Many people saw this movie, and now, uh, well, it's up to the virtual release of 2,000 Mules. When will you see it? Where will you see it? Well, you know, we're talking about doing a watch party here at Mr. CTV. But, you know, uh, it appears that at the next Save America rally happening this Friday, May 6th, that's right, in two days, they're actually going to be doing a screening of 2,000 Mules. So that's kind of exciting, right? Um, uh, whether or not this will air on, uh, you know, any of our um, trusted uh, feeds, whether that's RSBN or, you know, uh, America's Voice or uh, even uh, even One American News, I, I'm not sure. I don't know how early they will be uh, broadcasting um, the Save America rally. Let's take a look at the times real quick, guys, so you can, you can get an idea of what we're talking about. So President Trump will be in Greensburg, Pennsylvania this Friday. That's in two days, May the 6th, Westmoreland Fairgrounds, and they will be screening uh, 2,000 mules. Uh, so apparently the screening will begin at 1 p. Let me get myself off the screen so you can see what's going on here. Uh, the um, screening will be at 1 p.m., Eastern time, obviously, for 2,000 mules. Now, if RSBN is live that early, uh, you know, maybe, maybe we'll go ahead and uh, share in the fun on that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I'm not too sure how early. They usually do an all-day kind of event over there at RSBN. So we'll see, guys. Otherwise, uh, the 7th uh, is going to be the official virtual release of uh, 2,000 mules. So uh, we'll, we'll figure out something before then. Uh, at 5 p.m. we have our program speakers and at 8 p.m. Eastern time, President Trump hits the stage. Let's take a look at those speakers, ladies and gentlemen, in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. Looks like uh, President Trump will be joined by endorsed candidates, members of the Pennsylvania congressional delegation and other special guests. So let's see, we got here um, Dr. Mehmet, am I saying that right? Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz will be speaking. Uh, Representative John Joyce, that is uh, representative for Pennsylvania's 13th Congressional District. Representative Mike Kelly, uh, U.S. Representative for Pennsylvania's 16th Congressional District. And Representative Alex Mooney. Representative for West Virginia's second congressional district. So that's kind of exciting. And then we have Dinesh D'Souza, who will also be speaking um, on a Friday, guys. So that sounds pretty exciting. Uh, last I read, uh, this was about um, a headline a week removed or so. I believe Dr. Oz was actually 
leading in that uh, position for the primary there in Pennsylvania. And as far as the governorship um, goes in Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one Senator Mastriano was leading in the polls. And that might have changed since the last I checked, but... Those were the figures that I had seen last in regards to, you know, some of the uh, election stuff going on in Pennsylvania. So it uh, looks like it'll be a fun time. Let's see if we actually get a Friday rally, right? Uh, hopefully there will not be any inclement weather on this Friday, May the 6th uh, for, um, uh, you know, this next Save America rally should be fun. If uh, President Trump's hitting the stage at 8 p.m., that's seven here. We'll probably be on about 5.30 or 6 uh, from what I gather. But uh, again, I'll let you guys know as soon as that schedule is, uh, you know, bored down. I got a day to decide, ladies and gentlemen. A day to decide. Should be fun. Should be fun. What's going on, Bill Tech? Good to see you in the audience tonight. Hope you're doing well, sir. All right. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, let's get on to the rest of President Trump's statements. Like I said, hot and heavy on the election fraud integrity front. Let's check it out. Uh, President Trump says, everyone knows the wisdom embodied in the saying, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. The Wall Street Journal's May 2nd, 2022 editorial argues that we should ignore the blatant fraud that took place in Wisconsin in the November 2020 election as detailed by former Supreme Court Justice Michael Gableman in his 136-page preliminary report issued on March 1, 2022. To ignore the fraud that Justice Gableman continues to uncover is to allow that fraud to be repeated. Justice Gableman's report revealed many illegal and unethical acts, including Zuckerberg-funded election bribery, illegal ballot drop boxes, and obstruction of evidence gathering. Gableman also revealed that the Wisconsin Election Commission shared access to Wisconsin's registration system with Zuckerberg-funded left-wing activists, disregarded Wisconsin law so that tens of thousands of nursing home residents could be exploited for their votes, and illegally encouraged Wisconsin voters declare themselves indefinitely confined under Wisconsin law, thereby avoiding Wisconsin's ID requirements. Uh, these issues are far from ghosts, as uh, editorial board, the editorial board claims. And uh, there's a link to the report, that's the Gableman Report, so that people can see for themselves. And again, guys, you know, when we're talking about the uh, the constant, there was no such fraud, there was no intrinsic fraud, fraud did not occur, fraud is not a real word, fraud does not exist, what does fraud mean? What planet do you come from? What language are you speaking? There is no, what is fraud? Fraud, fraud. Is that German for something, right? You know, when we're talking about, because this is what we're going to get. This is what we've been getting since, uh, you know, November, what, it was election day plus five or six, right? So, you know, since, uh, you know, November 9th or 10th, 2020. Fraud, there was no fraud. What what language are you speaking, my friends? Uh, not my friends. Uh, but, you know, this is what we keep hearing, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, along with 2,000 mules, you know, we can most easily 
easily turn to the findings in the uh, Wisconsin report by uh, former Supreme Court Justice of Wisconsin, Michael Gableman. You know, um, the laws that were broken, you know, and we're finding different pathways to the truth here, ladies and gentlemen. I think that is a conclusive remark to make. Uh, in regards to exposing the fraud or exposing what all happened that day. Could we say that uh, they were not expecting us to keep our nose to the grind and to keep on going? I think that's fair to say. I think it's fair to say that they were expecting us to forget all about this, ladies and gentlemen. Or, you know what? Uh, um, best case scenario, uh, well, depending on whose side of the line you're on, right? Uh, that they could just call it, um, fraud in the 2020 election was nothing but an urban legend, ladies and gentlemen, just like who says that Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of snakes over there in the state of Georgia. We'll talk about him a little bit later, but that's what it amounted to, uh, with Bradford Raffensperger, right? It's an urban myth, this election fraud. It was, it was nothing more but severe mismanagement, right? And if you're Jocelyn Benson, Secretary of Snakes over there in Michigan, it was human error, right? Human error. Never mind that the, uh, the Election Assistance Commission, the EAC, never mind that they released a report themselves talking about erroneous code found in the, uh, found in the uh, Dominion voting machines, right? And let's not forget, because of that, uh, we already have uh, one state, Tennessee, who's looking to recall all their Dominion voting machines uh, and get different machines. And uh, uh, one county there in particular totally booted Dominion out, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean, uh, we're going to take different paths there, guys. We're going to take different pathways there. Uh, but we are going to get to the bottom of it, no matter who is on top. Now, let's uh, finish up with this um, statement here from President Trump. It says, the fact that the Wall Street Journal editorial board came out with this hit piece the day after the nationwide premiere of True the Votes movie, 2000 Mules, which proves a massive illegal ballot harvesting operation took place in the 2020 election, especially in key battleground counties like Milwaukee County, is also curious. Voters know that unless we fix what happened in 2020, those who stole the 2020 election will try to do it again in 2022. Ignorance is not bliss. Sky-high inflation, threats of World War III, and the invasion across our borders are a direct consequence of the stolen 2020 election. What happened in 2020 can never be allowed to happen again. Ladies and gentlemen, and I would agree. Uh, you know, I just, uh, I, I do not agree uh, with members of the House or the Senate uh, saying, you know, well, we need to just focus on 2024. Focus on 2024. Uh, just go ahead and forget about everything that happened in the past. And that's, uh, you know, that's something that we hear quite a bit. You know, if you think about it, Think about uh, uh, former administrations, right, where we know. Think about George W. Bush. Think about his lies about, um, about weapons of mass destruction, right? Think about that. How many people wanted to hold him accountable, right? Many wanted to hold him accountable. You know, we, no George W. Bush, no Bush fan in the house, ladies and gentlemen. 
But uh, you know what? Uh, we got a new president. You know, we, we've had we've had an administration for almost a decade. We're jaded. You know, we're tired. We're just happy to have a change. And we just forget about the past. Right. We forget about uh, we forget about the lies. We forget about the war crimes. And what happens then? What was the consequence of that? I don't know, lack of liberty, uh, stripping of, you know, our rights, ladies and gentlemen, a, a little at a time, but nonetheless happening either way. So yeah, you know, we cannot forget about it. We cannot focus on the future, right? We need to, uh, we need to, uh, well, hold the line. As they say, ladies and gentlemen, we need to hold the line. Uh, hey, Rillanon, what's going on? Timbuchet, how are you doing? Rillanon, thanks for the 117 gold pills. And uh, let's see here. Timbuchet, I have super great internet. Why can't I play on HD Foxhole Peeps? Oh, don't know that one, guys, but glad to have you with us. Uh, I am coming in fuzzy. It looks like I'm coming in fuzzy on um, other platforms as well. Hmm. Well, I apologize for the fuzz, ladies and gentlemen. I'll remember to shave before next show. And, uh, I, you know, it might be a connection on my side. Uh, again, apologies, apologies. This is supposed to be running on HD, but, uh, well, I guess we'll see. Hang in there, guys. Hang in there. Slug Trail, good evening. Sean Joe, good evening. Thank you for uh, donating the cookie to the show. Much appreciate. Tam Grell, thank you for gifting the can. And uh, very, very thankful for you guys. Uh, much appreciated. Personic, what's going on? I was watching the debates on news mask. Could not deal. Do not trust Oz. Ooh, you know, I haven't seen that debate. Maybe I'll go look it up. See what kind of a, see what kind of a, you know, a vibe I get. You know, <laughs> the Georgia debates for the Secretary of State, though, let me tell you what. Terrible, terrible. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Here's our next statement from President Trump. Let's check it out, ladies and gentlemen. The New York Times said today in a major article, segments featuring Fox's own reporters consistently drew lower ratings, especially if they were covering stories the audience deemed unfavorable to Mr. Trump. Yeah, that's right. Segments featuring Fox's own reporters drew lower ratings especially covering stories the audience deemed unfavorable to Mr. Trump. The primary thing they don't want to talk about is the 2020 rigged presidential election. It's all about that from it's all about that from the laptop from hell to the ballot harvesting scandal to the Zuckerberg Facebook unlocked boxes to cancellation by big tech. It's all having to do with the election. The most important thing they have ever done, because that's the one subject they just don't want to talk about. It was too corrupt. It's now been proven and they just want to skate by. They just want to, uh, they just want this subject to end. Mitch McConnell and his rhino friends would rather see a Democrat like Biden be president than a Republican like me. It works better for him and his agenda, but it does not work better for our country. He should have done something about it, and he still should. When a thief robs a jewelry store and gets caught, they have to give back the jewelry. Think of it. The election was rigged and stolen. We found out how, and Republican leadership does not want to do anything about it. They say, sir, you're winning in a landslide, both against Republicans and Democrats. Think 
Think to the future, sir. Think to the future, to which I say, you can never think to the future until we solve the past because it will just happen again. Yep, really driving home that point, ladies and gentlemen. Really driving home that point. We cannot relent. We cannot surrender. We cannot give up. We must absolutely, absolutely continue to share this truth and information, right? Because again, we'll hear it time and time over and over on repeat, a broken record, a big old broken record. There was no such thing as fraud. There is no fraud. We never found fraud. What fraud? What language are you speaking? Fraud? Right? Hey, classical chick, how you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I am coming out fuzzy today. I don't know what's up with that. But uh, we'll, we'll, we will press on, ladies and gentlemen, maybe in the replay, it'll clean up or something. I don't know how that works. It might be my internet, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so let's talk about 2000 mules, ladies and gentlemen. We're not gonna, we're not gonna uh, waste our time with Roe v. Wade. I'll let other people talk about that. You know, and the scandalous, it's scandalous, ladies and gentlemen, scandalous, leaked opinion, scandalous. Roberts is going to get to the bottom of it, scandalous, right? Clog up the headlines, clog up the news reports. Uh, we got more important things to talk about than election fraud, right? And a rigged election. Okay, so 2000 mules, guys. Uh, opened to basically sold out crowds. I didn't get official numbers, but I know it was sold out in my town and I was totally, um, totally surprised that it was even showing here, you know, in San Antonio. So that was something that was encouraging, of course. Now, uh, uh, oh, I think it was 250, 250 plus theaters around the nation. Uh, I think it was two showings, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, yeah, played played over what five six hundred times to sold out audiences. You really gotta wonder, guys, what people are thinking about this, and uh, why no one on the uh, legacy mainstream. Oh, we know why they're not, but for those people out there who are not engaged in the difference between alternative media and what they see on their TV screen, you, you got to wonder if they're wondering why no one is sharing this information. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite the quandary, ladies and gentlemen, if you think about it, maybe this will be yet another nail in the coffin of the legacy media when people are like, wait, you know, uh, I saw with my own eyes, you know, these uh, randos just uh, running up to uh, drop boxes and flashing their, uh, you know, election ballot katanas, taking pictures and selfies and uh, dumping them into the drop boxes. Why, uh, why is everyone mum on the situation, right? Well, you know, that's what I would think, but I already understand how this works, just like you guys out there do. Uh, let's see what this article I have for you guys has to say about it. Uh, coming in from Just the News, it talks about uh, Dinesh D'Souza. And uh, let's see here. Oh, it begs the question, can this um, uh, expose, this documentary, can it push a hearing forward? Good question. Good question. We have one state that's officially involved in an investigation, but we'll see how that goes because uh, that state's Georgia 
And uh, the uh, individual in charge of that is, of course, Bradford Raffensperger. And uh, he, he usually likes to uh, he usually likes to pass his responsibilities on to other agencies. So who knows? He'll probably hand it over to the GBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations, and it'll probably get pigeonholed, but not before they take in the whistleblower, right? And there's no telling what could happen there. Uh, let's see what this uh, let's see what this article says real quick. Uh, just in short. Um, let's see here. D'Souza, D'Souza knows many Americans, especially conservatives, want to move past questions of 2020 election chicanery. Many Americans, but not all Americans, many conservatives, particularly rhinos, want to move past questions of the 2020 election chicanery. He can't help but wonder if the mules in question cost President Trump a second term. Uh, D'Souza um, muses, the ramifications are considerable. If its evidence holds up, we're in uncharted territory. Um, and he cites accusations of voter fraud in the John F. Kennedy's victory over Richard Nixon, Nixon in 1960 as child's play in comparison. D'Souza's film, uh, films are often like conservative op-eds brimming with rough and tumble charges against the left. 2000 Mules is different, taking an investigative approach to its subject. The real-world consequences of the evidentiary trove detailed in the film are unfolding in Georgia, among other swing states, where the state elections board and Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger are investigating potential illegal ballot trafficking during the 2020 election cycle. Biden supposedly won there 49.5% to 49.3%. According to uh, Just the News, D'Souza brings curious baggage to 2,000 Mules. Not only are his previous films, Death of a Nation and The Trump Card, brimming with conservative sharp elbows, President Donald Trump pardoned D'Souza in 2018 for illegally con uh, contributing $20,000 to a New York politician. He wants audiences to put his ideology aside. Uh, D'Souza says, It would not matter if I was an extreme left-winger or a moderate. The proof of the pudding is in the pudding, not just the taste, but the pudding itself, ladies and gentlemen. The filmmaker admits many questions remain unanswered by 2000 Mules. How do we know the Mules were paid? Who organized this? He asks, adding he was not able to show money changing hands, but that does not mean the Mules were not paid for their efforts. He also, he's also at a loss to explain why the allegedly tainted ballots did not fuel a blue Democrat wave in 2020. Perhaps, he muses, people weren't comfortable with election chicanery, but did the bare minimum require to keep the fascist Trump out of the White House? Well, those are interesting questions to muse over, Mr. D'Souza. Uh, hopefully, we'll get some answers out of uh, some of these questions, uh, you know, Again, I referenced the whistleblower in Georgia, right, who himself said that, uh, you know, $10 per ballot, right? Uh, a top top payment was around 40 or 50 grand, ladies and gentlemen, per mule, okay? And uh, so we got that going on there. And then, of course, uh, I believe it was, again, uh, Charlie Kirk who... Uh, uh, might have uh, let the cat out of the bag, might have spilt the beans uh, in mentioning or connecting Stacey Abrams as one of the, uh, in office, you know, of Stacey Abrams, her house, now probably not her house, right, 
probably her golden corral, right? Where uh, um, tr um, mules were uh, known to um, have on their route, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so uh, I'm sure we could get some answers in that uh, due process of investigation, ladies and gentlemen, but interesting questions, Mr. D'Souza, I'd have to say. As far as um, these uh, tainted ballots not fueling a blue Democrat wave in 2020, I mean, I could only say <laughs> they didn't fill out down ballots. Apparently, I mean, that was the case, right? That was the uh, that was one of the number one um, uh, phenomenons that occurred during the 2020 election. How is it that uh, all the down ballot Republicans won at least uh, at least more so than their Democrat opponents? But yet somehow uh, the the uh, the president of the same party did not. Right. That was quite the phenomenon, mm, quite the phenomenon. Yep. I would have to say that is true. Uh, so let's see here. Um, uh, following its premieres, the filmmaker says the movie will shift to digital download via SalemNow.com and Locals.com, the latter a free speech hub created by pundit and author Dave Rubin. Uh, D'Souza thinks his critics will cling to the notion that the votes stuffed into all those ballot boxes were ultimately legal, even if the methods behind them look shady. Oh, no, they, the methods behind them were quite illegal, right? They're not going to be able to shut it down, he says of his critics. It's unstoppable. D'Souza predicts one significant fallout from 2000 Mules, the canard that the 2020 presidential election uh, battle between Joe Biden, illegitimate, and Donald Trump was the most secure election in history, will start falling by the wayside, he says. And hopefully that's not the only canard that falls by the wayside, I mean, uh, that gets... Uh, that gets uh, resolved here, guys. We don't want to. We don't want to be like, all right. Well, that's a win, guys. That's a win. Uh, they can no longer say that it was the most secure election. No, we cannot stop there, ladies and gentlemen. We cannot stop there. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, you guys. Welcome in. Welcome in. Uh, what's going on, Slug Trail? Good to see you. Did I say hello, Slug Trail? Hello, Slug Trail. Glad to have you in the audience, and uh, thank you also for um, donating 144 gold pills. Peeps can ignore reality, but they can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> they're going to try and sleepwalk through this disaster that is these United States of America as much as they can, I'm sure. Hopefully they don't sleepwalk off a cliff or into traffic or something like that, right? Persnick, thank you for gifting the the gifting the can. Much appreciated. Uh, okay, so um, two thousand mules, of course, guys. It is. Uh, it, it's already seen its day in the theaters, right? It's it's going to do as much damage to the narrative as it can there. Uh, will the general public respond? That remains to be seen. I don't know. It's been, what, a day or two? We got Roe v. Wade. You know, we got May the 4th. We got Cinco de Cuatro. I mean, there's a lot of distractions out there, ladies and gentlemen. There are a lot of distractions. Uh, but uh, we're going to turn to uh, Dinesh D'Souza so we can figure out how one can view 2,000 mules moving forward. All right. Better, better that than me just reading off a paragraph, right? Let's uh, check out what Dinesh has to say. Here's the producer of the film. Uh, for those of you who may not know or have seen or have ever heard of this man, Dinesh D'Souza, ladies and gentlemen, let's see what he has to say. 
It's so exciting with the movie right around the corner. Basically, next week is our premiere week. And I kind of want to go over some ways in which you can watch the movie. And I also hope that you'll help us get the word out about the movie. Remember, we're releasing this movie in a very novel way because we're in an age of censorship. And so the normal places that I put movies, which is you find them in Apple, iTunes, and Amazon Prime. No, this movie is not going to be available in those ways. Now, uh, it is in limited theaters, 300 or so theaters, and you can go to the website, uh, 2000meals.com, put in your state, it'll tell you the theaters. Now, a lot of our theaters are filling up really fast, so if you want to see this movie in the theater, kind of act now. But don't be disappointed if you can't, because we might do uh, another one-day theatrical a little later in the month, and moreover, there is a virtual premiere. A virtual premiere is basically an in-home premiere. So what do you do? You basically, you buy a ticket, you're sent an access code, you log in, you click on the access code, and this is all happening on Saturday, uh, May 7th um, at 8 p.m. Eastern. And it's fantastic. There'll be an introductory program. Debbie's actually going to sing uh, live. Then we're going to show the movie. And then there's a live Q&A with some of the key figures in the movie. So this is actually a, a, a full program, an exciting program out of a magnificent 360-degree uh, round studio in Las Vegas. Uh, we'll be there in person. Uh, you'll be watching online. And it's for the same price as a movie ticket. It's a fantastic deal. So if you go on the website, Side, just so you'll see the little tab for virtual premiere. Click on that. By the way, a small number of people can be there in person. It's more expensive. But if you feel like going to Las Vegas that weekend, this is not, not this weekend, but next weekend, uh, then you can come in person. Now, I want to make an announcement about groups. We're hearing from a lot of groups who say, hey, you know, we want to show the movie as a fundraiser, uh, the uh, local GOP here or the local women's Republican group. I want to say one thing about that, and that is um, what we don't want you to do uh, is to get a DVD for 20 bucks uh, and then invite 100 people and show them the movie uh, because we cannot afford to make movies on that kind of economics where essentially, uh, you know, you're 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 buying one DVD for $20 uh, and then you're having a hundred people see it. Um, we've set up a kind of very uh, easy system for groups to watch the movie for very modest kind of license fee. Essentially it's like $5 a person if for your group. So if you want 200 people to see it, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars in a license fee. The way to get the license is just to go to my website, dineshjasuza.com and send us a query about it. We'll be in touch with you. It's a very simple process. And this enables us. I mean, our model here is we we have investors put up money to make these movies. I promise them I'll work hard to get you your money back so you can do it again. Very. Uh, the idea is we're not we're doing this for the cause, but we also want to be able to stay viable in being able to do it now. Uh, after next week, the movie is going to be literally everywhere. And by that, I mean it is going to be on uncancelable platforms. Uh, and I want to mention two. Uh, one of them is SalemNow.com, SalemNow.com. And by the way, SalemNow.com, you can go there now, uh, just as you can go on the movie website, 2000meals.com. Either place, you can order DVDs. And what's cool about Salem Now is you can buy a DVD, yes, but they also have these packages. You want to buy a bunch of DVDs and hand them around. You have some liberal friends. 
friends, you're like, listen, I, I'm going to, you know, there's one thing I want you to do. I'm going to give you the free DVD, but I want you to watch it and then tell me what you think about it. This is a great way for you to become a kind of agent, a kind of missionary for this movie and, and for the issue and for the cause. SalemNow.com is that website and you can order the DVDs right now and they'll be shipped out early next week. Uh, the other platform I want you to think about is the Rumble-owned platform called Locals. Locals. Now, Rumble, I'm delighted to say, has put out a press release. They're getting behind this movie 100%. They're going to be promoting it aggressively. They don't put movies on Rumble itself, but Locals, the Rumble-owned platform, can feature movies. And the movie will be featured inside of my Locals channel. And what that means is that the traffic will be driven from Rumbles, but I'll have a link on on the website shortly, probably in the next day or so, where you click on the link, it'll take you to Locals, and you'll have two options. You can actually subscribe to my Locals channel. That's $50 a year. If you do that, you'll get the movie for free. So it's kind of an incentive to subscribe to my Locals channel. But the other option is you don't have to do that. You can say, I just want to rent the movie. And so you click, you put in your credit card, you basically buy the ticket, and then the movie plays right then. So um, you'll notice that these are places where the movie uh, 2000 meals cannot be taken down. Uh, and that's very important for us because this is a movie that's going to be profoundly disturbing and unnerving for the left. And their first uh, impulse, and you see this right now in the way that they're responding to Elon Musk and Twitter, their first response is to try to shut it down. It's not to debate it. It's not to engage it. It's certainly not to refute it. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see if I get invited to defend the movie uh, or debate the movie on any of the mainstream or liberal platforms or media. That's going to be an open question. But their first impulse is to shut it down. And I'm going to set it up so that they cannot shut it down. The Sea Report and all the shows on this podcast channel are 100% listener supported. We don't have corporate sponsors. We don't have independent sponsors. Our sponsors are you, the listener. So if you like the work we do and like what we have to say and contribute to the world of news and information and entertainment, please show us your support. Make a monthly donation to help sustain future episodes at anchor.fm slash the sea report. Your support is greatly appreciated. From 99 cents per month to 4.99 per month to 9.99 per month. Every donation counts and every bit helps. Show your support for the sea report and other shows on this podcast channel by visiting anchor.fm slash the sea report and thanks y'all whoops <laughs> what is that okay interesting so i does that okay you know i guess we're gonna have to cancel the watch party ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and then my next question would be exactly how much is the save america <laughs> Uh, um, rally or, or political action committee, how much are they spending to do that screening over there on Friday, huh? <laughs> That's quite the pretty penny, right, to get that licensing fee, but uh, uh, we'll see, guys, we'll see. I mean, I already know, 
I mean, I just know uh, they're going to be uh, dozens and dozens of uh, 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 independent alternative channels and stations that will be broadcasting it. I'm sure, right? Uh, we'll see what's up, guys. We'll see what's up. If we can catch it on Friday, we might well just do it that way. Ladies and gentlemen, all right, so well, there you go, okay, from the from the mouth of Dinesh D'Souza to y'all's ears and mine, okay, all right, guys, so uh, let's see here, um, uh, okay, so what the legacy media has to say about 2,000 Mules, not much, ladies and gentlemen, not much at all, uh, I think of the entire package of legacy media, that's, that's right, the shame stream, lame stream, uh, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda media, uh, I think only one outlet uh, talked about it and or mentioned it. Of course, that would be the Associated Press. Uh, gaping holes in the claim of 2,000 ballot mules. Hmm, gaping holes, huh? Let's see what they had to say. Let's see if we can refute or debunk them right here on the air. Uh, let's see here. It says, uh, a film debuting in over 270 theaters across the United States this week uses a flawed analysis of cell phone location data and ballot drop box surveillance footage to cast doubt on the results of the 2020 presidential election nearly 18 months after it ended. A flawed analysis. I wonder how they can claim it's a flawed analysis. Praised by uh, President Donald Trump as exposing great election fraud, the movie called 2000 Mules paints an ominous picture suggesting Democrat-aligned ballot mules were supposedly paid to illegally collect and drop off ballots in Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. And I'm willing to bet that it was in more states than those. But that's based on faulty assumptions, anonymous accounts, and improper analysis of cell phone location data, which is not precise enough to confirm that somebody deposited a ballot into a Dropbox, according to experts. Now, who are these experts, right? I mean, how hard is it to track uh, someone's route over the course of, what, a few weeks? Uh, and then uh, connect that data to the photos that they take of themselves, right? Uh, not that hard. Uh, the movie was produced by conservative filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza and uses research from the Texas-based nonprofit True the Vote, which has spent months lobbying states to use its findings to change voting laws. Neither responded to request for comment. Uh, so claim at least 2,000 mules were paid to illegally collect the ballots and deliver them to drop boxes in key swing states ahead of the 2020 presidential election. The facts, okay, this is a uh, AP's fact checker right here, right? True the vote did not prove this. The finding is based on false assumptions about the precision of cell phone tracking data and the reasons that someone might drop off multiple ballots according to experts. Okay, so again, not the most secure, right? Not the most secure. That's going to be there. That's going to be there. Okay, okay, guys. It was not the most secure election. But there was still no fraud, okay? Ballot harvesting is a pejorative term. No, it's it's a legal term, okay? <laughs> it's breaking the law, breaking the law. A pejorative term for dropping off completed ballots for people besides yourself. Uh, the practice is legal in several states, but largely illegal in the states True the Vote focused on, with some exceptions for family, household members, and people with disabilities. True the Vote has said it found some 2,000 ballot harvesters by purchasing $2 million worth of 
anonymized cell phone geolocation data, the pings that track a person's location based on app activity in various swing counties across five states, then by drawing a virtual boundary around a county's ballot drop boxes and various unnamed nonprofits, it identified cell phones that repeatedly went near both ahead of the 2020 election. If a cell phone went near a Dropbox more than 10 times and a nonprofit more than five times from October 1st to election day, True the Vote assumed its owner was a mule. Its name for someone engaged in an illegal ballot collection scheme in cahoots with a nonprofit. The group's claims of a paid ballot harvesting scheme are supported in the film only by one unidentified whistleblower said to be from San Luis, uh, Arizona, who said she saw people picking up what she assumed to be payments for ballot collection. The film contains no evidence of such payments in other states in 2020, except for Georgia. Plus, experts say cell phone location data, even at its most advanced, can only reliably track a smartphone within a few meters, not close enough to know whether someone actually dropped off a ballot or just walked or drove nearby. You could use cellular data evidence uh, to say this person was in that area, but to say that they were at the ballot box, you're stretching it, says some dude named Aaron Striegel, and he is a professor of computer science at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, there's always a pretty healthy amount of uncertainty that comes with this. Uh, what's more, ballot drop boxes are often intentionally placed in busy areas such as college campuses, libraries, government buildings, and apartment complexes, increasing the likelihood that innocent citizens get, uh, get caught in the group's dragnet. Similarly, there are plenty of legitimate reasons why someone might be visiting both a nonprofit's office and one of and one of those busy areas. Delivery drivers, postal workers, cab drivers, poll workers, elected officials all have legitimate reasons to cross paths with numerous drop boxes or nonprofits in any given day. Okay, so uh, yeah, they're just uh, totally um, uh, debunking this as uh, anonymous and uh, um, coincidental. True the Vote has said it filtered out people whose pattern of life before the election season included frequenting nonprofit and drop, boxes locate, drop box locations, but that strategy would not filter out election workers who spend more time at drop boxes during the election season, cab drivers whose daily paths don't follow a pattern, or people whose routines recently changed. Now, you know, I just got to say, you know, uh, there were evident patterns, okay? Uh, Georgia was what? 242 evident patterns, okay? Uh, you know, I don't think that, um, say you have an election worker, right? Uh, 242 election workers really visiting the same hotspot areas as drop boxes and um, uh, non-profit, not-for-profit supposedly organizations, cab drivers, they don't have a pattern. So why would they uh, follow the same pattern uh, from October 1 all the way through November? I mean, I, I, mean, I guess it's a stretch on both ends, isn't it? Huh? Hey, speaking easy, how's it going? Hey, Two Rivers, how you doing? Uh, Trevor says, you can backtrace them to see where they're from. A cell phone is not going to pick up any signals more than a few meters away. Mm, yeah, you know. 
Indeed, indeed. That's exactly what, uh, yeah, this uh, article seems to be saying. This professor is an idiot, I would say. Uh, Because, you know, again, we're looking at patterns. Patterns, I should say, they are looking at patterns. They're analyzing those patterns. I'm sure that uh, whatever, whatever, um, you know, uh, specifics they were engaging, they disqualified... you know, uh, cab drivers, you know, or election workers, right? Um, Anyways, the article concludes, uh, in some states, in an attempt to bolster its claims, True the Vote also highlighted Dropbox surveillance footage that showed voters depositing multiple ballots into the box. However, there was no way to tell whether those voters were the same people as the ones whose cell phones were anonymously tracked. Well, you know, I guess uh, we'll have to leave that up to, uh, for example, the GBI and Brad Raffensperger to get to the bottom of it. Do you think he'll get to the bottom of it? I just don't seem to have much faith in um, Brad Raffensperger as a secretary of state. I have faith in him as a secretary of snakes. That's for sure. Anyhow, so this was your only uh, article here that hit, uh, you know, the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream legacy uh, press, ladies and gentlemen, from the Associated Press. (laughs) Who was it? Um, uh, What was that guy's name again? Anyway, some writer, (laughs) some writer said some, some, uh, uh, glorious things about the Associated Press. Mark Twain, some writer, right? Mark Twain, right? Wasn't he racist also? Anyways, uh, yeah, was uh, the, you need the Associated Press to like, I don't know, live your life. Anyways, so, um, okay, so uh, uh, along with, uh, you know, the rest of the legacy media, as to be expected, not commenting on 2000 Meals whatsoever, Faux News, otherwise known as Fox News, also joined in the chant of silence in regard to... Uh, <laughs> 2000 mules you know they're they're taking their job of not getting sued by dominion very seriously guys wouldn't you say i mean where in 2000 mules is there any mention of uh voting machines so why are they being silent oh could it be because they are controlled opposition could it be because uh they are also part of this legacy media Let's take a look at this uh, little brief here from, uh, who's this from? Just the News? No, the Gateway Pundit about Fox News, okay, and uh, their lack of a voice in this regard. The far-left mainstream media boycotted any coverage of the historic documentary. Not one single major news agency reported on the historic project, 2,000 Mules. I guess you got some locals here, Right. Uh, here, there it is. Fact focus, gaping holes in the claim. There's your Associated Press. Other, other than that, you got what KUSI, the Chattanooga, right? Uh, the Associated Press published one rebuttal to the movie, despite the video footage of ballot traffickers and the geo tracking evidence uh, reported in the movie. Um, let's see here. Uh, it says um, AP hack Ali Swenson was assigned by her editors to take down the movie and failed in her politicized attempt. Maybe she's a recent college grad. I don't know. Gateway pundit. Maybe she is. It says here, um, sadly, Fox News failed to post one single report on 2000 Meals. Not one single report. Uh, This is a huge disappointment. Really? Gateway pundit? Is it a disappointment or is it more of a confirmation, right? Fox News is too weak to air any coverage on the movie. Their brilliant personalities can talk about all issues except the most important issue, 
fraudulent elections, and without free and fair elections, Republicans will always take a back seat on the bus. Now, nah, you know, I would say that the Republicans are steering this bus, Gateway Pundit. I mean, let's be honest here. Rhinos, right? They're the most dangerous of their kind. And uh, yes, that's how Democrats like, you know, that's how... That's how people who want to be right like it, right? True the Vote announced they will release their data later this month for crowdsourcing so that all Americans can analyze their findings. Oh, that should be interesting. Do you think they'll have like an interactive, like a geo-tracking map or something that they can make? Do you think they can tie the uh, footage of uh, people, uh, you know, and their phones? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, look, I forgot to put that banner up. Whoopsies. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that goes, ladies and gentlemen. We'll keep our ears on the ground for that one. Because I still I still personally think that uh, um, the uh, work by True the Vote, uh, aside from being um, a step above the rest and taking us to a place um, of... Uh, further confirmation of what we have seen throughout uh, individual states investigation into election fraud uh it, it was it it is one in one in its own ladies and gentlemen one of a kind right one of a kind let's talk about bradford raffensberger over here or over there in georgia i should say bradford raffensberger on the eve of the release of 2000 mules, uh, the very investigation that he is in charge of in his state in Georgia, uh, Bradford Raffensperger drops the ball concerning um, ballot drop boxes and uh, whether or not um, there should be any, uh, any um, concern over them, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think this is from the Georgia Star. Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger dismisses concerns about Georgia drop boxes during the Secretary of State debate. Goodness, if, if you know, if anyone had any question about his intentions or integrity, uh, I just look at this, guys. Like, He's in charge of this investigation, but there's no concern about it. I'm sure that this is just, again, what an urban myth, ladies and gentlemen. It is an urban myth that uh, drop boxes, um, ballot drop boxes should be concern, concerning, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what this article has to say. Bradford Raffensperger, during a Georgia public broadcasting hosted debate on Monday, Georgia Secretary of Snakes Brad Raffensperger dismissed concerns about drop boxes and their impact on election integrity. In response to a question about legislation banning drop boxes, Raffensperger replied, people are missing the point on drop boxes because you can use the U.S. Postal Service. Am I missing something? Am I missing the point, Brad Raffensperger? Or what? Um, the debate was part of the Atlanta Press Club's uh, Loudermilk Young debate series. It was taped at 11 a.m. and it airs at 8 p.m. on Monday. Uh, for his part, U.S. Representative and Trump-endorsed candidate in the race for Georgia Secretary of State, Jody Heiss, hammered the incumbent. 
Uh, Heist said in one exchange, we never had drop boxes until Brad Raffensperger. In another, Heist said ballot harvesting was created in the state of Georgia because of Brad Raffensperger, and he is the very one who has lost voter integrity in this state. Now, isn't that interesting since Bradford Raffensperger is now leading the charge nationwide against ballot harvesting, but he has no problem with ballot drop boxes. Well, the thing that we're remiss here is that there is a difference between ballot harvesting and ballot trafficking. Uh, you know, harvesting, you're going to go uh, collect ballots from wherever. You know, if, if you're in little Somalia over there in Minnesota, you go over to an apartment complex and uh, you, you, you literally collect ballots either by a threat or by handing a money, okay? Uh, ballot trafficking... Uh, is different, you know. Uh, the assessment here, of course, is that uh, these um, mules, as they've been coined, or ballot traffickers, uh, are being given ballots, okay, to then go and traffic to um, ballot drop boxes. So uh, a slight difference, but a difference that I think should be noted, okay. So apparently, uh, I guess that means that Bradford Raffensperger has nothing to say nothing to say whatsoever about ballot trafficking, okay? Uh, but but now he's leading the charge against ballot harvesting nationwide, right? It must be an election season, right? Yeah, I smell election season. Uh, deception. Okay, candidates were asked how they would have handled the 2020 elections if they were Secretary of State. Heist said, if I had been in that position, I would never have made a deal with Stacey Abrams to begin with. Raffensperger hit back at Heist's comment, frequently referring to them as lies, and at one point said, Jody Heist has been lying for 18 months. Okay, Bradford Raffensperger. No one, no one saw those, uh, you know, those totes coming out from underneath the table on film, right? Who was that again? Um, what was her name? Shay, Shay, Wandrea Shay Moss, right? Anyways, that, that again is an urban myth, ladies and gentlemen. During a post-debate press gaggle that was skipped by Raffensperger, the Georgia Star News asked Heist to respond to his opponent's assertions about his comments. Heist said, look, it's just the opposite. He has been saying for 18 months that this was the most secure election in Georgia history. Nothing could be further from truth in that. Heist continued, I've been fighting to try to get to the bottom of it, try to get answers, try to make sure that the voters of Georgia can have confidence in our election system, while Brad is running around trying to pretend as though this was a secure and fair election. It was not. The Star News asked Heiss how he felt about Raffensperger's dismissal of concerns about the issue of ballot boxes. He tries to dismiss anything that looks bad on him in terms of not doing his job to secure elections in the state of Georgia. The bottom line is he did not secure elections in the state of Georgia. He did not give us a fair and honest election. And therefore, the voters of Georgia now need to, and I believe are going to, hold him accountable. It's time to boot Brad, so to speak, and I believe that's about to take place, he concluded. All right, the Republican primary for Georgia's Secretary of State is scheduled for May 24th. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the Georgia area, 
don't let me hear you saying that you voted for Bradford Rapids. We're going to know Jody Heiss is part of the Secretary of State Coalition. Okay, that's headed up by um, um, that's headed up by Jim Marchant of Nevada. Uh, it includes uh, you know other other candidates such as um, uh, Christina Caramo from Michigan. Okay, so uh, yeah, very very um, well. You know, uh, we'll see what happens there, but. You know, uh, George Soros had his Secretary of State, you know, um, a mission there that he uh, onboarded all of these lefty progressive secretaries of state and funded them. So that is that is the response to that, guys, because, you know, I guess uh, I guess George Soros is a little bit quicker than uh, than uh, patriotic Americans when it comes to figuring out the best way to uh, shit the country in one's personal preference and direction who's that all right ladies and gentlemen we have a swamp creature here i'm gonna have to get a swamp creature like you know theme song like i have the rhino theme song i should have played the rhino theme song for brad for raffensperger but you know it's okay it's okay uh hey speaking easy thanks for the 146 gold pills much appreciated now, um, uh, this, ladies and gentlemen, you might not recognize the man, but you will recognize the name. This is Mark Elias, okay? Now, this guy just turns up everywhere that, uh, you know, um, uh, election fraud, uh, a lack of election integrity, uh, voter suppression, you know, rhetoric comes up. I mean, he comes up anywhere uh, that uh, requires a legal prowess uh, to undermine the will of the people and the constitution, etc., etc., etc. So Mark Elias, guys, again, uh, formerly of Perkins Coie and uh, former uh, Clinton campaign lawyer, personal lawyer for Hillary Clinton and, uh, and a whole bunch of, uh, you know, different uh, Democrats. I mean, he's a Democrat operative, uh, point blank, period. It's, I don't think it's unfair to say that. Um, everything that he's involved with, every legal battle he's involved with, uh, is just totally uh, contrary-wise to conservative or to um, constitutional types of ideas. Like, he's been uh, taking the fight uh, in his own against, um, you know, election integrity measures, against election audits. Well, uh, he's popping up in Georgia again. That's right. He was, uh, he was the main lawyer that was... Um, uh, fighting, what was it, uh, the election integrity measures that they took in Georgia, you know, back about a year ago or so, you know, you know, when all of a sudden all of the lefty, uh, corporations and businesses decided to like, uh, oh, well, we're gonna, we're gonna move, uh, you know, we're gonna move the national football, I mean, the baseball association out, uh, the major league games out of Georgia. We're Coca-Cola is going to leave Georgia. Uh, you're not going to be able to sell uh, Coca-Cola products in the state houses anymore because of voter suppression. That that was Mark Elias as well, guys. That was Mark Elias as well. Uh, there is a new, well, not a new, but uh, there is, um, um, well, yeah, it's a new law. It's uh, SB, I think it's 202 in Georgia, um, otherwise known as the uh, pen and paper signature um, rule. Uh, that uh, Mark Elias is uh, filing a lawsuit against uh, because apparently this new election measure, um, aside from completely insulting minorities, is voter suppression to the extreme, ladies and gentlemen. 
Uh, let's not forget uh, voter suppression. Also, you know, like uh, I guess minorities can't figure out where a, a DMV is or where to get an identification card. Apparently, minorities can also not sign their own names in order to get a uh, absentee ballot. Okay, because that's the crux. Okay. That's the crux of what Mark Elias is fighting in Georgia now. So let's take a look, guys. Sean Joe, thank you for gifting the cookie. Much appreciated, my friend. All right. Georgia pen and paper signature rule is voter suppression. Left-wing lawsuit alleges. Rule that absentee ballot applications must be signed by hand is a pretext to unfairly disqualifying voters, particularly black and brown voters, from their constitutional right to vote, claims chairman of a chairman of a Democrat super PAC. Okay, so we'll just pause there for a minute, y'all. Are, are there any brown or black audience members here tonight? You know, if, if you could throw up a hand, okay? Um... Do you sign for your paychecks, right? Maybe not anymore. Now it's all direct deposit, right? Uh, have you ever signed any important documents, you know, legal documents, uh, um, financial documents uh, to open up a bank account, right? Uh, how about the signature that you put on your identification card? Oh, yes. But apparently, according to Democrats in Georgia, black and brown voters will be uh, unfairly disqualified if they are required to sign by hand for an absentee ballot application, okay? And it amazes me that this goes right over the head of their own voters, right over their own party, right over people that fight for these causes, right? How many brown and black people do you see holding up voter suppression signs, right? End voter suppression, right? No IDs for, uh, you know, voting. Uh, don't sign by hand. It makes no sense, guys. I mean, you know, apparently brown and black people can figure out how to like click a button on the computer but they can't figure out how to sign their own name by hand, nonetheless. Could this possibly be because they have taken, I don't know, cursive and handwriting out of schools? Maybe, maybe you have to be a privileged white person in order to figure out how to sign in cursive one's own name and with a pen, ballpoint or otherwise. And it goes right over their head, guys. It goes right over the head. The brown and the black people who, who stand with this same party, it goes right over their head. Like, uh, they can't even find a DMV to get an ID card, okay? They can't even use a map, but somehow they can use a computer to request a ballot application. The article says, a coalition of left-wing activist groups led by the controversial Democrat election lawyer Mark Elias is suing the Georgia State Election Board for requiring that absentee ballot applications be signed by hand, calling it voter suppression, unfair to minority voters. Well, I think we can all see why the minority is leaving the Democrat Party, right? Because this is just, you know, talk about using the, the minorities as like their own personal shield, right? <laughs> 
they're they are just milking minorities for all that they can and all the while hoping that minorities don't realize that they're uh, using and exploiting them or that they're uh, too uh, blind and deaf to figure out what's going on. Under Georgia's SB202, the election integrity law enacted in the state last year, absentee ballot applications must be signed with pen and ink in order to be valid, which is commonly referred to as a wet signature requirement. That's racist! You can't say wet signature to someone from Mexico. That's racist! (laughs) According to the uh, Democracy Docket, an election law advocacy platform founded by Mark Elias... Uh, let's see. Uh, Elias's website explains this requirement means that digital or electronic signatures are not accepted and the voter must physically put pen to paper. They must physically put pen to paper. Look out browns and blacks. Somehow you can figure out how to get on the computer, but you can't figure out how to use a ballpoint pen. OK, and that's to create a valid signature. In other words, under this requirement, an individual can fill out an absentee ballot application online, but then they must print out the application. Look out, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be a long line at the library because they're going to have to go to the library if they can find it. And if they have a library card in order to print out this application, right? Because Lord knows that their apartment complex does not have an office center, okay? So, uh, so they have to, they have to print out this application in order to sign it with a pen and paper before submitting it online by mail. And that's if they can find a post office box or in person. And that's if they can even find themselves, ladies and gentlemen, the lawsuit filed Monday in federal district, uh, district court in Georgia argues that voters who rely on absentee ballots and lack access to printers, scanners, or fax machines may be disenfranchised as a result of Georgia's arcane rules and administrative traps. Basil's call it archaic, right? Pen and paper? Who ever heard of such a thing? Plaintiffs? I'm surprised that they didn't call, like, I'm surprised that they didn't call on saving the environment with this one. Think of all the trees that will be killed and murdered because they have to print it out. Think of how many astronauts will have to figure out the ballpoint pin. Ladies and gentlemen, it's ridiculous. Uh, Let's see. uh, Plaintiffs listed in the lawsuit are Democrat Get Out the Vote organization Vote.org, Georgia Alliance for Retired Americans, and Progressive Super PAC Priorities United States of USA. Uh, The ability to complete and sign applications electronically significantly expands registration opportunities for many voters of color who might have limited access to printers or mailing facilities or those who otherwise need assistance to register to vote. Because it's a long walk to that post office because laws knows these blacks and browns don't have a car, right? Georgia's wet signature rule imposes unnecessary roadblocks that are not only hopelessly out of step with other provisions of Georgia law, but also creates undue burdens for voters and the organizations that help them register all while failing to advance any sufficient state interest that could justify such restrictions. Oh, how about this for absentee ballots? Only if you absolutely need one and uh, not everyone gets one, right? 
The requirement of a wet signature on an absentee ballot application simply creates a pretext to unfairly disqualify voters, again, particularly black and brown voters. If I were a black and brown voter, I would so be, uh, you know, not happy with this assessment on how I figure things out in my life, right? Thank goodness I'm not in Georgia, right? All right, this rule is yet another attempt by the Georgia legislature to suppress the right to vote. Onerous requirements uh, like this have historically been used to dilute the political power of marginalized communities. Priorities USA has been fighting voter suppression in the courts since 2015, and we will continue to work against these discriminatory policies. You know, you can only blame, if you want to go on that angle, you can only blame the Democrat Party. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the blacks and the browns who are conservative or dare I say Republican, they probably have a printer, right? They probably know how to use a ballpoint pen and they probably know how to locate a post office. Uh, what does that say about the Democrat Party and their uh, group of black and brown voters, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? I mean, uh, Biden inflation, need I say more? You know, need I say more? Yeah. I, I guess I don't need to. Uh, Georgia Secretary of State Bradford Raffensperger is confident the suit will fail. Oh, well, you know what? Spoken like a true rhino. Uh, like for all of Mark Elias, Stacey Abrams, and their allies' previous fairy tale lawsuits, says Bradford, this frivolous suit will lose in court. It never ceases to amaze me the extent liberal groups will bend and twist. And you know what, Bradford? I don't really care about what you have to say, okay? You are just playing both sides of the same coin, and that is the big old rhino. And you know what, Bradford? Just uh, uh, stifle. Uh, Democrat Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams' Fair Fight Action Incorporated group is engaged in a lawsuit against the Peach State over its exact match ID and citizenship checks for voters. Elias has a history of fighting election integrity protections, including when he filed numerous lawsuits in 2020 to change election rules at the last moment, targeting the basic security protocols that states have in place to protect the security of the election process. And again, just his rap sheet. Elias is a former partner at Perkins Coie law firm, uh, which represented Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign. And in 2020, he is again spearheading a legal offensive to weaken election security safeguards, focusing on four priorities, free postage for mail-in ballots, counting ballots that arrive after election day, as long as they are postmarked on or before election day. And we all heard the stories about the postmasters that were uh, um, postmarking uh, the wrong dates on that, right? Uh, uh, Pennsylvania, ladies and gentlemen, um, easing signature matching laws, which uh, interesting enough, if you're in, I don't know, Pennsylvania or um, Michigan, uh, your secretary of snakes took care of that for you. Uh, well, yeah, Katie Hobbs tried to and legalizing ballot harvesting. Um, yeah, so there you go, guys. You know, they will never cease. And uh, that just means, guys, that uh, we should never cease as well. <laughs> if they want to use carbon output as a weapon, who is the biggest producer of carbon? United States government and military. <laughs> What's up with that, Sislug Trail? <laughs> uh, so the bald Nazi is claiming racism. Got it. Just checking. Well, you know, 
if 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 Elias indeed has uh, Nazi ties, well, he's not in Ukraine where he should be. Ha ha. Okay, guys. Time to get into the Durham investigation. Uh, yes, there have been some developments, you know, that have happened, transpired since we last spoke about uh, what's going on with John Durham, ladies and gentlemen, and his investigation into uh, the Russia hoax and the PP dossier hoax and the everyone attack Trump hoax. Okay. Well, that wasn't a hoax. That was actually, everyone did seem to attack Trump, but it seems that through this investigation, through the, um, uh, the indictments and the court filings that keep coming and coming and coming and coming, that we are finding that indeed it was kind of like everyone just dogpile on Trump. You know, we're discovering, uh, the connections between, uh, those who are like, yeah, the primary, uh, you know, uh, questionable figures like Michael Sussman, for example, um, who's been uh, indicted with lying to the FBI, and we've since discovered he also lied to the CIA. Will they allow that to be presented in his trial on the 16th? Uh, you know, that remains to be seen. I, I mean, I don't see why not, but you know, these lawyers are very sneaky, right? Uh, they'll claim, well, you know, um, what uh, Michael Sussman lied to the CIA about has nothing to do with what is going on with the FBI. You know, uh, keep all that information out because we're talking about the FBI, not the CIA, right? There's no, uh, what do you call it? There's no, um, there's no pattern, right, uh, to be found here. Uh, no, no need to present this uh, evidentiary um, information, you know, in regards to the behaviors of one Michael Sussman. But we're also finding out, um, and this is for those in the know and to those that are who are learning about this, that other people were involved. In fact, a whole bunch of people were involved, a lot of them Democrat operatives. Um, and a lot of them are getting caught up in that dragnet, ladies and gentlemen, that is the wrath of John Durham. Well, you know, it's just his investigative work. We just, we like to be dramatic and say the wrath of, but you know, it's not really, it's more like the wrath of the American people. Soon to be, hopefully, maybe, shortly. We'll see, we'll see. Uh, but you know, now, we have what uh, the lamestream legacy media. They are slowly getting getting dragged into this um, fiasco of uh, racketeering and uh, and uh, reconis. Uh, we have uh, we have the FBI and the CIA also being in question here, guys. Uh, the the Democrat uh, the DNC is also in question here. So this this wide and expansive dragnet of an investigation seems to be ensnaring all of these individuals to cause one to wonder, are they real players? In other words, do they really conspire and or collude in this, um, in this, this vast uh, case against President Trump? Or is it incidental, ladies and gentlemen? You know, the thing that people don't seem to recall or remember, and, and you know, we're talking about how this goes right up to the top, right? I mean, we're saving that for like what the third act in the Durham investigation. And that of course would be, uh, the involvement of like, uh, one Barack Hussein Obama, right? Uh, cause I think the second act will incorporate like the media. Well, no, the, the, the three letter agencies, I think maybe they'll fall into the second act and their involvement. Of course, you know, we're talking about Clapper. We're talking about, uh, Brennan here. But let's not forget, guys, 
Did not Obama and illegitimate Joe have a meeting with John Owen Brenham, Owen Brennan, um, in which they talked about, you know, was, wasn't Comey there too? They talked about how, you know, uh, well, Obama gave the green light on Clinton's plan in order to, you know, uh, uh, derail President Trump's um, um, candidacy back in 2015-16 and uh, to basically uh, make it impossible for him to run as president because he colluded with Russia and, you know, and, and, and Russia, Russia, Russia. And, and, and did I forget Russia, ladies and gentlemen, Russia? So, uh, Sean Joe, thank you for the cookie. Uh, so, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I think that the most interesting factor here, um, as this investigation moves forward with the courts, right? Because, you know, a lot of people already know and saw what was coming. I mean, come on. We, we've been following this for a long time, right? But now that it's in the courts, it's official, you know, it's, 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 pen and paper, ladies and gentlemen, it's, um, it's being judged, it's being adjudicated, it's, it's being uh, peer reviewed for crying out loud. So with that said, I, I find it, <laughs> I find the funniest thing of all is that as uh, Michael Sussman's lawyer team um, and, and indeed, anyone who's defending, uh, you know, whether it be a Rodney Joffe or Michael Sussman or or or, you know, the whole fusion GPS gang that's, uh, you know, pleading the Fifth Amendment um, as they try and um, roadblock or, you know, stall any of the motions that Durham is trying to file. It's just getting them wrapped up in it even more so that, you know, uh, Evidence, you know, that would otherwise have been for the judge's eyes only is being made public. Uh, they're, they're, they're undoing themselves, I think, is probably the easiest way to put it. They are quite um, uh, accurately undoing themselves. Okay, so let's, uh, let's take a look. Ah, who that? Uh, this is Laura Sego. Okay, so she is, she's known as the Tech Maven of Fusion GPS, and uh, it's coming out now, and this is the like one of the latest motions coming from uh, the Durham investigation as per the courts, unless something, you know, uh, something was filed, you know, you know, uh, an hour before we went live today, um, that she may actually be testifying in this uh, in, uh, court uh, hearing or trial, I'm sorry, on May 16th. Now that's again, the Michael Sussman case. So uh, let's see what this is all about. This tech maven, like what brings her to trial? How did the judge come to this conclusion? And what did uh, Durham have to say about it? Judge open to compelling fusion GPS tech expert to testify in Clinton attorney's trial. Let's check it out guys. Federal prosecutors may get to question a Fusion GPS employee with unique insight into how her company, the Clinton campaign and its law firm, orchestrated opposition research into the Trump campaign that spurred the debunked Russiagate investigation in former Clinton attorney Michael Sussman's upcoming trial. United States District Judge Christopher Cooper Tuesday granted special counsel John Durham's motion to unseal his petition 
to compel Fusion GPS tech maven Laura Sego to testify when Sussman's trial begins May 16th in the E. Barrett Prettyman Courthouse in Washington, D.C. Federal prosecutors, led by Durham, have charged Sussman with one count of making a false statement. So uh, here's all the backstory. We're going to skip through that because we all know what's what and what's going on. If you've been uh, following this at any length, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, now it says here, Durham's April 6th motion to compel the Clinton campaign, the DNC, Perkins Coie, uh, Rodney Joffe, and Fusion GPS to provide withheld and or redacted documents and communications has generated the most intrigue because it raises questions about the nature of attorney-client privilege. And we already know about this, guys. We, we kind of already went through this. Um, that is to say, uh, none, of, none, none of their communications even really involved lawyers, except for like, what, maybe 15 out of like, uh, what was it, 1,455, right? And, and, then, and then it went all over the news. You know what, guys? What we're seeing here... What we're seeing here is how uh, it's like the um, it's like the uh, the roadmap to the wrap up smear campaign. That's what we're seeing here, guys. We're seeing how the wrap up smear campaign works, right? You know, it goes from a leaked investigation to a reporter to someone who's working in the agency to someone who's doing opposition research to you know, all of the same people in the same group, just you know, talking around the water cooler and and just spewing their you know their uh, theories and opinions like it's official and it's it's legitimate information wrap up smear campaign we are seeing the body of the wrap up smear campaign explained through this indictment and through this case basically is what we're seeing right this is the, i mean it's exactly what we're seeing this is how they do the wrap up smear campaign this is the forensics of the wrap up smear campaign as explained and expressed to us through uh, the Durham investigation, right? So uh, let, let's carry on, guys, before I get uh, too far into the wrap-up smear campaign. Uh, it says, because the documents and communications are related to an attorney work product or fact product, the entities claim they qualify for attorney-client privilege and should remain shielded from public disclosure. Of course, guys, we'll get into breaking this down here and why it's a bunch of bull. According to Sussman's attorneys and lawyers representing the five, the attorney work product includes opposition research on Trump by Fusion GPS for Perkins Coie on behalf of the Clinton campaign. Durham insists the 1,455 requested communications or commutations are not covered under attorney-client privilege because few 18, pardon my 15, it's 18, actually include a lawyer. Their argument is based on an apparent theory that political opposition research and or public relations work falls within the legitimate scope of attorney-client privilege and work product protections, Durham says in the motion. Cooper is not ruled on most of the questions within Durham's motion, although he has heard arguments regarding what can and cannot be heard in trial in two evidentiary hearings. Because some of the material could be classified, Cooper is issuing rulings on Durham's Motion 64 after in-camera or private reviews. His Tuesday order unsealing the government's motion to compel Sego to testify was after an in-camera review and was issued without comment. In the motion, prosecutors say that because Joffe has refused to testify and has vowed to plead under the Fifth Amendment unless immunized from prosecution, 
which they support but Sussman's attorneys oppose, the government determined it would need to call an employee of Fusion GPS as a trial witness. How interesting, right? How they're eating each other, right? So like uh, Joffe wants immunity and uh, apparently uh, Durham's team is down with that, but uh, Michael Sussman's team is not because uh, he stands to lose. I mean, can you say they're really trying to make him the fall man? Like they're trying to scapegoat this. They're trying to make him the patsy. And, you know, I got to say, I mean, I'm really curious whether or not Michael Sussman might turn a leaf or something like that, considering that they are like literally right in front of his face, trying to um, uh, just throw all of the burden and guilt and responsibility of this entire case. And it could end right there, guys. If, uh, if um, you know, Joffe were to get immunity and uh, Sussman were to get, uh, you know, uh, catch all the blame, as, as it were, uh, it was all Sussman, had nothing to do with the Clinton campaign. It was Sussman, had nothing to do with the DNC. It was Sussman, had nothing to do with a ravenous and, uh, and uh, vengeful, spiteful, hateful uh, legacy media, had nothing to do with uh, Barack Obama giving the approval for this mission to go forward. Nothing to do with that at all. It was all Sussman and then case closed, right? So hopefully Sussman's attorneys will continue, right? Hopefully, right? They'll continue to um, um, refute any type of immunity for Joffe or anyone else. Uh, so that this way Sussman doesn't hang alone, you know? Um, the article continues, Sego was the only Fusion GPS employee who exchanged emails with Joffe concerning Alpha Bank allegations, the motion reads, noting that Sego acted as the firm's primary technical expert, worked for an extended time period on issues relating to the Alpha allegations, was a part of the team that handled work under uh, Fusion's contract with uh, Hillary for America and the DNC, and met in 2016 with various parties, including Perkins Coie, Joffe and the media um, about the alpha allegations. As such, the motion continues, Sego undoubtedly possesses unique insight to the core issue to be decided by the jury, whether Sussman was acting on behalf of one or more clients when he worked on the Trump alpha bank allegations. On Monday, federal prosecutors filed a supplement to their motion to compel that includes an eight page coalition agreement signed in February by the Clinton campaign and DNC acknowledging to the Federal Elections Committee that they improperly reported payments to Perkins Coie for Fusion GPS's opposition research. That's right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll touch on that in a minute, guys. But uh, indeed, you know, so this uh, Laura Sego, I'm guessing she's the one who's getting immunity, right? Uh, she's the one who's getting immunity during this entire thing. I bet those other Fusion GPS workers wished that they had uh, been in the uh, particular situation that Laura Sego was in. Or that, uh, you know, that they decided that they would go for immunity as well and, uh, and, and talk, right? But I guess it's a little bit too late for them in that regard. All right. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. 
At thecereport.com, you can get more information on The Sea Report. Check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week. Join our mailing list and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right. Head on over to thecereport.com. That's www.thecereport.com. And be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, CloutHub, and Hill.net. That's what we're talking about, guys. When we're talking about... Um, <laughs> They're like, you know, no, this is this is uh, this is attorney client privilege. Can't look at this stuff here. And then what happens? Oh, well, you, you just kind of blabbered and plotted and planned and and sent memos and and uh, reviews to all of these networks, to all of these uh, legacy media platforms, venues, whatever you want to call them. With with no um, with no not even a CC to your attorney, and yet you want to claim that this was attorney client privilege. I'm telling you, this is the this is the bodywork of the wrap up smear campaign, right? They don't need it to stick. They just need it to stick long enough to serve their purposes. And indeed, that's uh, usually the case that we see uh, as far as the wrap up smear campaign is concerned. Uh, let's take a look at the filing from Durham himself, ladies and gentlemen, filed on 425. Now, this is Durham's refutation, okay? This is Durham's response. He's like, allow me to retort. Well, this is his response to, uh, you know, the Sussman lawyers and their counsel, etc. Saying, we need attorney-client privilege here. And, uh, you know, etc., 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 you know, uh, opposition research should be included in that. You can't, you can't see the recipe for our deception, says, um, you know, the Sussman lawyers, etc. at all. But uh, yeah, you know what? Um, that recipe is about to get published all over. Well, it has been the interwebs, you know, right? Okay. The secret's no longer in the sauce, ladies and gentlemen. So we won't go through all of this. It's a 20 page document, but uh, just some of the main points. Uh, uh, Durham writes, as set forth in further detail um, below, none of the arguments or facts contained in these parties' filings and accompanying affidavits undermine the government's limited request that the court review 38 relevant documents in camera, meaning judges' eyes only is in camera, to determine if they are being properly withheld from the government's trial evidence based on the attorney-client privilege and attorney work product protections. The purported privilege holders who have intervened do so in a case in which the defendant is alleged to have denied representing any client when he brought the Russian bank allegations to the FBI. And these parties are advancing a highly novel and seemingly broad theory of attorney-client privilege, namely that Fusion GPS's political opposition research which triggered a sizable outflow of unverified derogatory information into the media, the government, and the public, was in reality confidential expert work intended to support legal advice regarding libel and defamation, right? That's what they want us to believe, okay? That's what they want the judge to believe, okay? Uh, the purported privilege holders are here contend that they all maintained a common legal interest in that work, Despite the fact that the group excludes tech executive number one, Rodney Joffe, with whom none of, uh, none of other purported privilege holders had any formal or informal legal relationship. 
Accordingly, and as set forth in further detail below, the court should reject the party's efforts to prevent limited judicial review of their privileged determinations, particularly where those determinations have a direct and unavoidable bearing on upcoming trial testimony. You tell them, Durham, you tell them. So the government's motion is timely. Again, uh, the, basically you had the Sussman lawyer team saying, this isn't fair, you know, uh, uh, it's beyond the statute of limitations. You know, uh, uh, why didn't you bring this up on day one? Why are you bringing it up like, you know, a week or two before the trial? To which, of course, Durham responds uh, because, you know, he's doing this uh, investigation piece by piece as things are being uncovered. They don't want to uh, they don't want to make any assumptions. They don't want to make any false accusations. So it could only come up when it needs to come up. You can't just throw everything out there, you know, uh, like it's uh, the baby in the bathwater. So anyhow, and that's one of their arguments uh, that's highlighted there. Here is uh, Fusion GPS's work was primarily opposition research, not support to legal advice. Again, this totally dismantles their argument about this being attorney-client privilege, even work product uh, being included in that privilege. It says, although former Hillary for America general counsel Mark Elias states in his affidavit, Mark Elias, there we go again, in his affidavit filed with this court that Fusion's role was to provide consulting services in support of legal advice related to defamation, libel, and similar laws, and that Fusion's work was incorporated and distilled into my judgments about legal issues the factual record and Fusion GPS's own communications raise serious questions about this depiction. If Fusion GPS's work product was, in fact, intended primarily to support legal advice and how to avoid liability for defamation, libel, and similar law, isn't that funny, right? Like they're saying, they're saying that they're, the work that they were doing with the lawyer privilege was so that they could avoid defamation libel or similar uh, breaking similar laws isn't that funny like that's ironic don't you think i mean uh, they did exactly that they defamed they libeled they lied okay uh, a, a lot of egregiousness was happening here guys and yet they're claiming that the entire intent was to avoid it yeah that that's some type of reasoning there logic or lack thereof. It says, um, one would expect contemporaneous emails and documents to reflect that Fusion GPS and or its clients exercised some degree of caution and care before publicizing unverified or potentially inflammatory materials. Wrap up smear campaign. Moreover, if rendering such advice was truly the intended purpose of Fusion GPS's retention, one would also expect the investigative firm to seek permission and or guidance from Hillary for America or its counsel before sharing such derogatory materials with the media or otherwise placing them into the public domain. Aha, uh -huh. gotcha. The documents produced by Fusion GPS to date reflect hundreds of emails in which Fusion GPS employees shared raw, unverified, and uncorroborated information including their own draft research and work product with reporters. And so in my purview, uh, this is where you get the media getting caught up in that dragnet, ladies and gentlemen, getting caught up in that dragnet.
We're going to go through a few of these examples of um, um, uh, media uh, working with uh, Fusion GPS employees and, you know, the, the research opposition. We, we won't go through all of them. They're, it's extensive. Uh, uh, for example, on May 14, 2016, a Fusion GPS employee emailed a Slate reporter who would publish an article about the Russian Bank One allegations several months later. In the exchange and subsequent emails, the employee shared portions of research that Fusion GPS was conducting regarding a Trump advisor. The employee and one of Fusion GPS's co-founders subsequently exchanged additional emails with the reporter in which they conveyed information Fusion GPS had gathered regarding, among other things, Trump Advisor One, Russian Bank One, and a purported board member of Russian Bank One who later would appear in the Fusion GPS white paper that the defendant provided to the FBI. On July 26, 2016, the same Fusion GPS co-founder emailed a Wall Street Journal reporter and conveyed certain allegations regarding Trump Advisor One, which Fusion GPS recently had obtained from the author of the now-famous dossier concerning Trump, whom Fusion GPS had hired in approximately May 2016. In the email, the Fusion GPS co-founder stated in part, well, this thing is only going to get bigger. You know, the Russians aren't done dumping. Um, off the record, the easy scoop waiting for confirmation. That dude, Trump Advisor One, met with Igor Sechin when he went to Moscow earlier this month. Needless to say, a Trump Advisor meeting with a former KGB official close to Putin would be huge news. Emphasis added in subsequent emails on the same date. The Fusion GPS co-founder urged the reporter to call a named United States representative or a named United States senator stating, I bet they are concerned about what Trump advisor one was doing other than giving a speech over three days in Moscow. Okay. So yeah, and then all of this makes it into the papers, all of this makes it into the news and the headlines and whoop, there you go. You get your wrap up smear campaign. Let's uh, skip down. Uh, July 27, 2016, an ABC News reporter emailed one of the Fusion GPS co-founders concerning an individual who was then president of the Russian American Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Chamber President One stating in part, making arrangements to interview Chamber President One, we should do that. On July 28, 2016, a Fusion GPS employee emailed the same ABC News reporter copying the Fusion GPS co-founder and attached a comprehensive report regarding Chamber President One. The report appears to contain information gathered from public sources and or commercial databases. On September, 20, uh, September 8th, 2017, a uh, Fusion GPS employee emailed a Washington Post reporter attaching a document prepared by another Fusion GPS employee. Doc One of, um, Doc One of our associates wrote, I believe another Washington Post reporter has a copy we believe can't be, can't, but can't prove that abbreviation for Trump Advisor One and this guy at all have some profit sharing arrangement out there somewhere. My guess would be Cyprus or BVI or Cayman. So, and it goes on, ladies and gentlemen, we've got New York Times in here, you know, all the same old suspects, right? Getting back to a chamber president one, right? Using an IP address registered in Moscow, okay? Uh, and it goes on, it goes on. Yahoo News is also featured in here. 
So, and again, I mean, uh, all of these, like on October 31st, you know, it, it just, it continues. Like this was extensive. This was information that was supposed to be just for the judge's eyes. But since, you know, they wanted to make this attorney-client privilege, you know, um, John Durham had to file a public motion that just exposed them. Uh, exposed all of this. And of course, if you're going to be sharing this with third parties, with media um, 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 entities, how can you say that that's attorney-client privilege just to keep it out of the trial, right? What's Judge Cooper going to do, huh? One has to wonder. Anyhow, so, well, there's that angle on this um, document uh, with um, John Durham and this uh, motion uh, his response to uh, the opposing legal counsel he even says here, tech executive one cannot claim privilege or work product protections over uh, Fusion GPS matters, nor can tech executive one Rodney Joffe presumptively seek to cover himself under the HFA and DNC's privilege umbrella. Uh, Tech Executive One's opposition asserts that the privilege claims by all three of these parties are proper because the Koval Doctrine protects the work product of a retained expert, whether the expert is hired by the law firm or the client. So he, he goes into that. Uh, Tech Executive One ignores the critical and dis, uh, positive fact that Perkins Coy hired Fusion GPS to assist Hillary for America and the DNC not Tech Executive One. So he was not, yeah, so sorry, you're not protected, Techie One. Mr. Joffe, not protected. All right, and then there's your conclusion. Signed, John Durham. Interesting, guys, interesting how they just, uh, they undid themselves with that one. That is for sure. Uh, here's just a headline. This one's from um, the Epoch Times. Reporters work closely with Fusion GPS on Trump Russia stories. Emails show. Okay, so we got that figured out, guys. Ah, it's Mr. Durham. Hey, John Durham, how's it going? <laughs> so here's the other one. Uh, John Durham snitched out uh, uh, the DNC and the Clinton campaign or Hillary for America or whatever. Snitched them out. You know, he was like, well, judge, <laughs> you know. Uh, speaking of this attorney-client privilege, hoo-ha, uh, etc., um, they actually paid FEC fines, right, uh, for, uh, you know, some untoward campaign financing with Fusion GPS, etc., etc., etc. I thought that was kind of funny uh, that uh, John Durham's a snitch, but I don't think he's going to be getting the stitch, if you know what I mean. Let's just take a look at this real quick so we can wrap it up. We got one more story after this and we're done for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight on this, what, May the 4th, 2022, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Special Counsel John Durham on May 2nd alerted the judge presiding over the case against a former Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer of fines the Clinton campaign and the Democrat National Committee paid after a federal body count uh, body count after a federal body found probable cause that they violated election laws right that's like that's like guilt guilty double guilty 
Durham filed the Federal Election Commission opinion and conciliation agreements that the campaign and the DNC entered into with the FEC, along with paying the fines for what the FEC described as probable violations of laws governing the reporting of political entity disbursements. At issue is the Democrat entity's ties to Fusion GPS, a firm that specializes in opposition research. The entities primarily paid Fusion GPS through a law firm they tapped, Perkins Cooey. The payments uh, were listed as funding legal services, but actually were used by Fusion to perform opposition research on uh, President Donald Trump, at the time Clinton's rival for the presidency, presidency, FEC lawyers said. Uh, Specifically, the FEC found probable cause to believe that the DNC and the Clinton campaign improperly reported their payments to Perkins Coie for Fusion GPS opposition research as legal and compliance consulting, Durham told the U.S. District Judge Christopher Cooper, an Obama appointee in the new filing. The special counsel attached the documents to a motion to compel the Clinton campaign, the DNC, Fusion GPS, and Perkins Coie to produce documents that the parties are withholding or producing in redacted forms based on claims they contain attorney-client communications or other privileged material. Durham argues that Fusion did not provide legal services to the other parties, rendering the privileged claims moot, a position bolstered by the FEC's findings. The parties say Fusion was helping Perkins in its provision of legal advice to the campaign and the DNC. The Clinton campaign and the DNC have not commented publicly on the FEC's ruling. Each paid fines and entered into conciliation agreements with the federal body, but did not admit wrongdoing. Settlement, yeah. Fusion services, including uh, include helping create the dossier compiled by ex-British spy Christopher Steele. The dossier's allegations against Trump, which were salacious, not salacious Blinken, but salacious indeed, and unsubstantiated, were promoted heavily by the Clinton campaign and Democrats in their bid to get Clinton elected and later to impeach Trump. So we'll leave that there. Don't forget, Sussman's trial is on May the 16th, ladies and gentlemen. So that is coming up in half no time. And, uh, well, that should be interesting, right? That should be interesting. Well, Mr. Durham, gotta say, looking, looking through that peephole, we got John Durham. He's like, I see you in there, right? But really, they're unraveling themselves. And uh, I'm just, you know, it's it's good to see that this is moving forward in the courts, right? Uh, so this way they can't say there was no evidence of fraud in the 2020 election. I mean, there was no evidence that uh, the Russia hoax was, oh, we forgot about the Mueller report. Anyways, you know, guys, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, this should be interesting, guys, as we move forward again. This is a story that a lot of us know about, but, uh, you know, now that it's getting, now that it is in court, which is, if you think about the bad guys don't want you to go to court because that's where discovery happens. That's where, you know, all of the paperwork starts to fly. We'll see what happens, guys. We will see what happens. Um, could this be the end of the first act? Maybe close, not quite. Uh, but let's not forget, we still got a long way to go here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, concerning the involvement of such three-letter agencies and maybe, I don't know, one POTUS who should um, <clears throat> undoubtedly be impeached. 
All right, time for the last story for the night. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got your Ghislaine Maxwell update update. Okay. Oh, did we forget about Ghislaine Maxwell? I mean, this is not Johnny Depp, right? We don't care about this. Who is this? This is fraud, ladies and gentlemen. Whoever this is, they're pretending to be Johnny Depp. The most important trial to happen this side of yesterday, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, quick, 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 quick. We got our Ghislaine Maxwell update now. Uh, she's still set to go for her um, sentencing hearing, right? That, that hasn't happened yet. It's in June, okay? So let's not, let's not get too excited. Uh, this is actually a little bit of a, I, you know, I would say this is bad news, okay? And I hate to be the bearer of bad news. You know, you would, one would really hope that um, justice be served, you know, with all of the dishes, you know, on the plate, you know, there or on the table, right? You know, don't, don't skip out on any of these, uh, you know, uh, courses. We want all of the courses of justice to be served, okay? And we definitely want the sentencing to reflect the crime. Now, again, I mean, I know I don't need to say it, right? Uh, basically, this is the, 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 the largest, most wicked known, right? Um, human trafficking, child trafficking, uh, pedophilia case that has uh, no one, right? No Johns are being, uh, you know, handed over. Uh, apparently, apparently these children traffic themselves. Maybe it was the ghost of Kiev, that was actually uh, uh, doodling the kitties here, right? Uh, because I mean, what? what? Uh, she didn't. She didn't. She, who did she sell them to? Was she? She was a phantom. Phantom Johns, right? Uh, that's what it seems like is, is going on here. Okay. So, anyways, guys, um, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, she tried to get a, a mistrial or a retrial mm. that was denied. Most recently, she tried to get her, uh, the entire trial just thrown out, right? She wanted the entire trial thrown out because, of course, she is a victim of scapegoating, right? She had nothing to do, nothing to see, nothing to say about uh, the entire, uh, the entire uh, situation there with um, Jeffrey Epstein, right? She didn't, she didn't go and uh, groom the kids. She didn't go find the nubiles, right, um, as, as uh, one of her favorite terms I've read is. So uh, the judge says, I'm sorry, Ghislaine, 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 uh, you're not going to get a mistrial, you're not going to get a retrial, and we're not throwing the trial out. So, oh, saving grace. But in the same breath, um, the judge, uh, who is it, Allison Nathan, right, um, Go. she went ahead and she, uh, she dropped or if you want to put it in like a judiciary, I'm Judge Allison Nathan term, I would say she consolidated the charges, okay? So she's no longer facing five charges. She's only facing three because uh, she consolidated some of the charges because I guess that it was just redundant, right? I mean, you know what? It was just redundant. Yeah, why, why are we going to have her charged three times for the same crime? You know, uh, let's, just, let's just consolidate those charges and, 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 you know, make life easier for the victims. Well, you know, I mean, Jufree, right? Jufree, yeah, yeah. Sellout, okay. Uh, here's what the article has to say. This is from your favorite legacy media. Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell to be sentenced for only one out of three conspiracy charges. Uh, let's see here. We already know she's convicted of sex trafficking young women for deviant sexual abuse uh, use uh, by her former cohort. Okay. 
um, Jeffrey Epstein. Okay, so it says, U.S. District Judge Allison J. Nathan concluded that while there is sufficient evidence to convict Maxwell on sex trafficking charges, she can only be sentenced for one out of three conspiracy charges as they essentially count toward the same crime. Okay? I mean, really? Really? This legal conclusion is uh, in no way calls into question the factual findings made by the jury, U.S. District Judge Allison J. Nathan said in a quote obtained from ABC News. Rather, it underscores that the jury unanimously found three times over that the defendant is guilty of conspiring with Epstein to entice, transport, and traffic underage girls for sexual abuse. So no longer is she looking at each of the individual cases, okay? Because it was all the same thing, right? It's like, uh, you know, say you someone goes and murders three people, but it was all in the same room. I, like, oh, what's the analogy here, guys? Like, that's just... um. There were not three individual victims. It was all, it, it, it was murder either way, right? I mean, come on, really? Come on, man, the thing. With this change factored in, Maxwell now faces sentencing for one count of sex trafficking, one count, one count of transportation of an individual under the age of 17 with the intent to engage in illegal sexual activity, and three out of the five conspiracy counts although her lawyers did ask for her entire verdict to be thrown out due to lack of evidence, which did not end up being the case here per the judge. Judge Nathan described Maxwell's guilty verdict as readily supported by the extensive witness testimony and documentary evidence admitted at trial, according to The Guardian. Further, those counts of conviction match the core of criminality charged in the indictment presented by the government at trial, and on which the jury was accurately instructed, the judge furthered. All told, Maxwell now faces up to 50 years in federal prison, brought down from 65, with a final determination to be had on June 8th. <laughs> Bleh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's justice for you. That's justice being served without all the courses coming to the table, ladies and gentlemen, basically, right? Hot or cold, we're still missing, you know, the appetizer. Uh, maybe we are missing the after dessert espresso. I don't know, but we're missing something here, right? Ladies and gentlemen, I think you would agree with me. So, um, well, there we go, guys. That's the latest update. Her um, um, sentencing hearing will be June 28th for Glenn, Glenn Maxwell. And again, this is a um, this is a crime committed wherein no criminals actually participated. Right, the victims were all um, were all bought, and uh, they were all um, uh, trafficked by the ghost of Kiev. Okay, um, and and uh, he's the one who's responsible. Clearly, the most the most rich, richest, the richest and uh, most elusive ghost of Kiev. Right. I'm sorry for those of you who don't get the reference out there. I mean, this was what? Uh, legacy media propaganda? Um, what? Uh, February uh, 28th? <laughs> March 1st, right? That's when the ghost of Kiev came about. And now he's, uh, 
Now he now they've admitted that he's dead. Okay, this is Russia-Ukraine talk, guys, in case, you know, you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and uh, I appreciate you hanging out for the 294th episode of The Sea Report live on this Wednesday. Uh, if you didn't get enough of Mr. C, that's me. Uh, tonight, guys, um, I will be hanging out with the bartender over at the Speak Uneasy's channel this evening uh, for another episode of This Is News. So uh, do head over there. You can catch that channel on uh, the Foxhole and on Twitch, if I'm not mistaken. And there might be some other channels, like maybe Facebook or Twitter. I'm not sure. But definitely, ladies and gentlemen, over at the foxholepill.net and Twitch, you can catch it. Uh, fun stories for tonight. Fun stories for tonight, as per the usual. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, with another episode of The Sea Report. Uh, until then, you know, if you're watching us on Rumble, Twitch, or on Clout Hub, thanks for joining us. Make sure you hit the follow button, like, subscribe, and as well to my friends over there at uh, thefoxhole.app and pill.net. Uh, favorite the show, and uh, you can't go wrong, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be back. We'll be back. And until next time, as always, be safe and be blessed, and God bless America. Have a good night. Thanks again, y'all.